All right, inappropriate Earl, back. We've had a lot of episodes lately. You know, people just want to be a part of the hottest podcast since, uh, oh, who am I kidding? Uh, they just have nothing else to do and know where I live. So uh, today we have probably the smartest dude I've ever had in my house, which isn't saying much because uh, you guys know who comes over to watch UFC. Uh, he's a great comic, one of the top roasters in the game, although this won't be as roast battle heavy as we usually go, uh, but we're going to get into a lot of things. Comedy store employee, great comic, great roaster, Mr. Stuart Thompson. Hey, everybody. How are you, Earl? It's just a long time coming. Oh, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's very nice of you to, nice words you had to say. Well, it's true. Like I said, if I was a talent coordinator at the comedy store, uh, you would be someone I would uh, showcase. So thanks, man. That's how uh, highly I think of you. And uh, your, your time is coming. But, uh, this is uh, a cool episode because although we know each other, we don't know each other. Well, comedy is a huge world of acquaintances. Yes. I have a lot of great acquaintances with people. Uh, and, you know, it's eventually some of those acquaintances translate to, you know, great friendships and some of them, you know, we just sort of fade off into the world and you just don't know who's going to, who's going to be, you know, who's going to stick around. You know, some people just, some people just don't, don't make it through into the, you know, into your realm of like, uh, I don't know, your circle of friends. It's a tough business. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... (laughs) I remember when I first started working at the comedy store there, some people were like hesitant to remember my name or like get to know me because they weren't sure if I was going to last more than six months. I probably was one of those people. I was like, sure. I mean, people come and go, man. This guy's, he's too nice. He's too, I remember when I first met you, it was a Friday night. I have a really weird, uh, specific memory. Yeah. Like you had a striped shirt on. (laughs) Okay. And I think, uh, maybe Adam had said, Oh, this is Stuart. He's going to be the new door guy. And I'm Uh like, Oh, this guy's not going to last long. (laughs) Just too normal. Too nice. Yeah. I could, your niceness. I picked up on it. Like, 10, 10 seconds of meeting you and but I said the same thing about Benji when I first met him. <laughs> yeah, we, we, is... we all we all have a <laughs> we can't always be right. No, I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I met Benji was at uh open mic in Long Beach and he was oh, really? kind of obnoxious and sure. He liked to uh, partake in uh, some uh, alcoholic beverages and I'm like this guy's way too obnoxious to be accepted at the store. And now he's like the most popular guy up there. Yeah, no, you, you know, you know, some people know how to. I'm not saying Benji's like a survivor, but you know, he he's he's lasted. He's he's stuck around, and he, um, you know, he he put his time in. I mean, you have to be a survivor at the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, uh, if you're weak or uh, just not the right fit, you'll be exposed pretty fast yeah it's like mad max meets the island of misfit toys <laughs> yeah i mean it's really it's hard to explain to people who aren't up there uh you know if you last longer than a couple months you're a cool kid yeah i was uh i first went to that play place when i was 20 years old uh it was so almost a little over six years ago now i i did like some i did a bringer show uh who's uh dave burgers 
legend of <laughs> yeah the early legends of the storm <laughs> yeah uh have you talked to him on this have you talked to him recently i would like to uh dave Berger. uh i haven't seen him in a long time he's a controversial figure in sure. the world of stand-up but sure. i will be honest he probably outside of the comedy stores paid me more than anyone uh in comedy to to do uh gigs I mean, sure uh, yeah I mean, yeah so he I I was work I was an intern at National Lampoon when it was down the street and uh from the store and they you know I didn't really know the difference between like bringer shows and non-bringer shows at the time and so I did his and it was fine you know I think maybe you know a ha- handful of friends came to see me and I was the the play the comedy store was immediately I had I I felt it was dark and creepy and mystical and cool all at the same time. Indeed. And so I was, and that, and that same night, so we were in the main room. Someone said, Hey, Louie's in the OR. And I knew they, when they said Louie, they meant Louis CK. Cause it was like 2010 as he was like skyrocketing to fame. And then, but I didn't know what the OR was. And I thought, and I was like, Oh, is he okay? Like I thought they meant he was in the hospital. <laughs> that would like, be Louis Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is, he's getting open heart surgery. Uh, but then someone, you know, I, I realized what they meant. And then I just went, walked over to the, to the back of the hour and I saw Louis on stage. I had just gone on stage in the, it was just, it was one of those things where I was just like, Oh, I should, I should be here more often. Yeah, I was really- only, I was only visiting, but I, I knew I should be here more often. And where were you based out of at the time? I was living in Berkeley. I was going to college and I was doing comedy in, you know, the Bay Area. So Oakland, Berkeley, San Francisco. Which is, uh, I don't think people realize the the comedy scene in the Bay Area. It's like you know, Robin Williams. Uh, oh, yeah. There's great history there. Rob Schneider, uh, the great Larry Bubbles Brown. <laughs> I, I know. I've met Larry. Yeah, he is one of the intimidating things about this business to me, and I'm being completely serious. When you see someone that funny, uh-huh. not ma- you know, I don't know what making it is, but like... I think everyone has different ideas of what that is. Yeah, I mean, and- he should be more... Uh, famous for lack of a better word i guess because he's like brilliant and you know yeah i think he but i mean to get like bay area famous is different from being you know famous just in show business you know you could there were a lot of people in the bay area that i would see who had headline shows and they were older guys and they they were riding on like one one or two major credits that they got in in 96 or whatever and they would just they would ride that out and you you could just be like a local legend without even having been on tv much i mean uh i think he he i think he turned down david letterman like he was offered to do one of the last lettermans i think and he was like, i heard that story that blew my, that blew my mind so like, what are you doing man what do you mean you're good just don't do me a favor don't be good for a minute yeah just be <laughs> don't bad. be cool about it so uh that uh, it, it blew my mind yeah i mean it's like wow dude we me and stewart would kill to be on that show yeah i i mean i wa- i watched those last lettermans those were insane yeah they pulled I mean, out all the stops and the, the, the fact they would bring f- bubbles back <laughs> So, if you're a fan of uh, comedy, please, uh, Larry Bubbles Brown, Bay Area legend. I'm sure his Letterman clip's still up on on YouTube somewhere. Because he's done like five or six, right? He did it. He did at least a couple. And it's just like wow, man. That's like when I get scared about this business. Mm-hmm. It's like 
if he's not making it, what am I going to be doing? So. Yeah, but I think I think a lot of that stuff was it. It feels like a lot of that stuff's like personal choice. Oh, absolutely. After working with him for a few times, I'm like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, you 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 see where uh, where you know just attitude wise, you know you're different. Well, I, I try and be a little more positive, but uh, yeah, I mean, we 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 all have, we all have, you know can be prone to realism and let that take over, but you know this is not a place this is not a business to be like super realistic about you. I mean, you gotta, you gotta let the delusion guide you uh, at least that that's what, that's what's always like kicked me forward a little bit to like, you know, believe that I can be on shows with people who are far more experienced than me. It's just like, it's pure and utter delusion. But yeah, but I think our delusions are based in reality. Like if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. I mean, it maybe, maybe it comes from, you know, being raised to be, you know, <laughs> relatively well-adjusted people and just like it's like you you know not to go too far with it but it's like you know i think i can i think i can pull this off i think these people will be okay with it and if not then you move on but yeah i mean uh you know i think it'd be delusional for us to think we could play in the nba it's like, all right that's probably not gonna happen but i think we can you know but i i, I don't know i just i think it's i think it's fun to believe that you know the whole concept that they i i i play i believe that you know the fact I see it as the way they let us, they let me do comedy. I, I, I want to do it, but people also have to let me do it. <laughs> and, and that, and the fact that they still let me do it is great. I, I, it's just, it's so much, it's so, I don't know. It's, it's, it's special that we, you know, we get to do it. But your work ethic is like, that's, what's going to get you over the top. Cause you, there's a lot of funny people out there, girls and guys. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But their work ethic might not be so strong. That's that's true, and I appreciate that. There's there are a lot of people who I think are you know way funnier than any of us will ever be, and but you know they they don't put pen to paper or fingers to keys, and uh, they don't or they just don't turn over. They don't go out much. Yeah, I mean you got to do it. You know you can't just do a, a mic a month or yeah. Do you ever have any friends who um, who are not in the world of comedy, but you think they should be, and it's like yeah, it's like a travesty that they're not. I mean, that's how I got into comedy. Is like people were just like, well, "How can you not be in comedy?" Yeah, all my friends who were uh, agents and managers, and I'm talking high level ones, were like, uh -huh. "Earl, you got to get into comedy. You're funnier than any of our clients." And wow, uh, so I had to go to therapy to get over the stage fright. But, oh, really? You had stage fright? Oh, absolutely. I still do. You know. How do you, how do you manage that? Uh, I think deep down my delusion tells me I'm funny enough to be doing it. Uh, okay. And uh, you know I love doing it. So like, you know, uh, tonight I'm nervous about my spot tonight. You know. Yeah. Uh, so because the store is, is, but I think doing comedy at the store in the OR has has toughened me up beyond anything. Uh, I could have put myself through. I mean, you know that room. Yeah, I mean, you you get your reps in. And it's a place. It. A lot of people say you cut your teeth in certain rooms. That that is the place where you cut your teeth. Because if you can hand, I think if you can handle like the late night vibe of the store, I think you can. I think you can kind of handle any other room. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I've seen Ayla. Every comic we know is bombed in that room. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, 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 it's big comics too. It's so it's so fun for me to watch when a show when a when a comic who is so universally loved or appreciated or respected struggle. 
It's not, it's not for, it's not like, I don't think it's like a schadenfreude thing. I just, I think it's just to know, remind me that we're all human. Oh yeah. I mean, and even like development spots in there are tough at times. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, potluck can be brutal. Yeah. It, it's never a slam dunk. Hosting can be, I mean, I know you host potluck a lot. That's yeah. a tough gig to bring up. What is it? 70 comics. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it depends, you know, depending on how efficient you are and who pops in you, I've, I think I've brought up somewhere in the neighborhood of like 50 or 60 on, on a, a really productive night. It's uh it's insane, but I, I know I treat, you know, hosting or like things like roast battle. I treat it like I'm in the playoffs for a sport and I'm just like, that's, that's everything. I, I, I'm, I save all my energy for the day up for that. Well, because, uh, I don't think people realize how hard hosting potluck is. Uh, do people, do your listeners know about potluck? Are yeah. You, they're familiar. I mean, okay. Uh, but if you are not, if you're new to the uh, podcast world, maybe you heard a Joe Rogan mention my name. Thank you, Joe Rogan. I, I don't think he listens to this, but you know, <laughs> how do you know? Come on. I'm guessing it's, it, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but uh, <laughs> Joe is, inc- Joe's awesome. The few times he mentions my names on his podcast, Get like a hundred followers instantly. So yeah, that, that following is so is so loyal and rabid. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and Joe's like, uh, that's what I want to be like. Like he helps his friends out. He has com- sure. unknown comics on his uh, his podcast, and they instantly get like thousands of fans. Sure, and, sure. Uh, you know, he takes like Josh Martin out on the road with him, which oh, is yeah. like, how fucking nice is that? To- yeah. You know. Yeah, I've, I've talked to Josh about it. It's um, it's pretty cool. And then you know they get to go to the UFC. Josh got to go to uh, the big yeah. UFC thing, and uh, you know he took Hinchcliffe out when he started. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Duncan and Ari, Joey Diaz. I mean, it's like that's how I want to do it. Like, yeah, you you sort of you have the the ability and the time and the 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 resources to help your friends out. That's who doesn't want to provide for their you know friends and and loved ones. Yeah, well, I don't have any loved ones. <laughs> Come on, Earl. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's. I think, I think, loved ones. Uh, it extends beyond you know family and romantic interests. You know, you there's. Don't bring up romantic. <laughs> I've, I've had a rocky uh, year, but. Uh, yeah, but I'm. I'm like Christian Bale right now in American Psycho. I'm just dead inside. Yeah, you're trying to fit a cat in an ATM. Yeah, <laughs> just. I'm just, I have a beauty regimen unlike nobody else. And I just, I'm just there. Yeah, man. Uh, but, I, you know, we, we go through rocky, rocky patches, but, you know, I think you are, um, I think you're a, you're a, a calming and, uh, and I don't know, you're a, a caring force that sort of passes, you know, passes through. And I, I, whenever, whenever I see it at the store, it's, it's always a pleasant surprise. It ain't helping me though. Being calming and nice, this yeah. Business ain't meant for nice people. I'm a. Uh, I, I learned that. Yeah, I learned that almost every day too. But so. I feel the same way about you. Like I go up to the store and I'm maybe not in the greatest mood, and I see you, I'm just like instantly like, Stewie's here. Yeah, thanks, man. And believe me, it's not like that for some people. Yeah, I, th- I appreciate that, man. The, the 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 comedy store, and I think if you have to work anywhere, that's like hectic all the time like any like popular nightclub or um or any place where that's you know you're you're working with you're working with a lot, a lot of like egos i think any of that 
is going to be trying on a, a a person, especially if you don't come from that world. Like I, I mean, I didn't, my parents are not like in the nightclub business or in like the restaurant business. They're, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they work in business and, and my, my, you know, everyone in my family is pretty like well adjusted. They, they like to go out, but you know, they're not like crazy partiers. Well, that's the great thing about the store. And I guess comedy in general, but specifically the stores, like you have guys like you and me who are like nor- normal and many others, just sure. kind of normal, decent people. And then you yeah. have a guy like, and I love this guy. You have a guy like Kenny Lyon, who just runs around naked and, and you know, has a wild family story. It's sad in some areas. And yet we all are on that patio together. Yeah. it's. I think, I think comedy, you know, I think what makes comedy so American is that it is the ultimate melting pot. Yeah. I mean, because it takes all types. It does. It doesn't require an education. It doesn't require you to be from any particular background. You just, either want to do it or you don't. And I think that we all have this, the same, the same sort of wanderlust that comedy allows for to just sort of bounce around from place to place, city to city, state to state. And, you know, just to go reach out and connect with people. Cause it can't be a lonely business. I mean, oh yeah, man. I've gotten to travel a lot more this year and, and than any other year. And it's, there are some weeks where I'm just like, what am I doing? Where am I? Who are these people? <laughs> yeah. Where Where am I staying right now? This is the ninth couch I've slept on in a row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you just did. Or not, when was the San Francisco comedy competition? That was last fall, so about a year ago. And that's like where you're up there for like five straight nights, or is, yeah, it's a week? yeah. So the the competition takes place over four weeks, and any one participant is gonna can participate in it for as many as three weeks because the first two weeks are preliminary rounds. So I went at the second preliminary round week, and so I was traveling with uh, with Ken Gar and for one week with uh, Keith Soul. Uh, we were carpooling up to the bay together, and you do four one nighters in a row, maybe five. And they're all, they're all over California. They're not necessarily in the Bay area of the 12 shows I did. I did one show in San Francisco. And like, where uh, were the other ones? Uh, Modesto, Tuolumne, Escondido, which is near San Diego. Right. Uh, Sacramento, um, Walnut Creek at an old folks home. (laughs) Uh, we, like we, and it, it was what I do believe as far as like comedy competitions are con- are concerned, because a lot of those are not, a lot of comedy competitions are not very well structured or conducive to actually testing who is the funniest out of that group of people. I think because of the you're just doing these one nighters, the the competition is not who is the funniest. Is like who can deliver consistently night after night. It's more of a marathon. It is, and it and so I ended up being it for three weeks, so twelve shows. And I did some of the biggest shows I've ever done. I did, um, I did casinos, colleges, theaters. It was like, uh, it was a good mix. The, the, the point scoring system and you know, I don't, it's, it's too much to get into it, but like the, the point scoring system is so strange. I try not to think about it too much. It's like, just try and put on, put on a good show each night. It's like roast battle in that regard. Yeah. I mean, like you could, you could think about the rankings as much as you want and let that guide your, your mood. But I mean, you just got to put on a a good show at the end of the day. 
Yeah, it's, because, you know, uh, like with roast battle, the judging can be uh, at times pro wrestling uh, like, you know, yeah. it's like. Yeah, there's twists and turns. You don't know if someone's going to just stop liking you for whatever reason. Yeah, it's like. Or just not like your joke. Yeah, or like your style or, you know, like, you know, with Jimmy Carr, uh, Jimmy Kimmel just didn't like the fact that he had a clipboard. And yeah. He probably had better jokes than I did, but, uh, you know, and then. Yeah, and yeah, the, you just, you never know with people. And I, um, I, I, as much as I hate to lose battles in the, you know, however many I've done, I, I do believe that I've. Uh, every one that I've been a part of has been a pretty has been a pretty good show. But you're a tough dude to battle because you're in. Uh, this is a compliment. It might seem like I'm like no, I, I appreciate roasting you, Thank but you. like you're you're so normal. Like there's not a lot of like like you know if someone's overly fat or sure. Uh, I don't have a lot of like visible things to make fun of. I mean, yeah. a lot of the jokes I end up getting are like how how white I am, how boring I am, uh, or boring I appear. And I, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with that being, if that's how the, if that's how the world perceives me, then, then so be it. I'm, I don't, I keep a lot of, it's not like I keep a lot of secrets, but I, I, I'm not living a, like a crazy existence. I, I, I go out and I, I, I do my jokes that I'm working on and a lot of it's, you know, autobiographical. So it's not like I'm, you know, if there are crazy escapades that people want to make fun of, then fine. But I, I'm fine with being boring. I mean, you're you're good at keeping secrets. So <laughs> if you have it, I I don't know. If, I mean, like yeah. I mean, I think I think it's just like there's certain things that as a performer you get to decide what you want to disclose to the public. And I, I you know, as whoever's listening, I, if if that makes me seem a little like secretive, then you, you're welcome to think that. But I just I, there's certain things I, you know I want to share and. And I'm comfortable with sharing and there's certain things that I'm just either not ready to share or like uh, I'll be ready to share later. Well, that's the problem at the store and we all love it. It's the greatest place on earth, but it's hard to keep secrets up there. Like, yeah, if you are sure. dating someone, everyone oh, yeah. knows. Uh, yeah, that's why if, if you know, if, if I am like, I notice that the people who are dating people and like try to keep it under wraps, it ends up biting them in the ass. Never, trust me, it never works. <laughs> yeah, don't date, uh, don't roast someone you're dating either. Uh, <laughs> I'm 0 for 2 in that realm. <laughs> that should have. Don Barris tried to warn me both times. And yeah. Warn you to not battle them? Yeah, because he's or like, not date I'm them. telling you, a girl's going to take it the wrong way. No matter what you guys decide beforehand, they're mm -hmm. going to think, oh, he does think I'm fat. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, uh, no, we talked about it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. And, uh, <laughs> I should have worried about it. So, yeah, it's that's a it's a weird game of double dutch to play where you're just like, you, you, I think you're just going to get hit by rope no, no matter what. Well, you live and learn, live and learn. Yeah. Words to live by. But uh now, what got you and like, you don't strike me as someone who would like the show roast battle from the standpoint of it. It's like you're to me, you're a thinking man's comic. Like you're a very smart, uh, cerebral oh, thanks, man. dude. And, you know, roast battle is, I think, more geared towards someone like me, I guess. Like, you know. so, well, I mean. You are you're very presentational. You, I think you you take everything you know about wrestling and you apply it to 
Rose battle. You, you, you bring, you turn on the, you really turn on like the charisma and you, you really put on a show. And I think, I think it's great that you provide that. I have to. Yeah, well, you can believe that, but I mean, it, it's, I think it's just your, I think your skill set al- allows you to be this sort of like larger than life figure. Well, but I mean, like if I tried to go, okay, I'm going to outright Stuart, like say you and I were to battle, like I, uh, you're a better rider than I am. So I can't let my ego get in the way and go up. I'm not going to, I'm just going to come out in jeans and a t-shirt and I'm going to show everyone I can hang with Stuart. <laughs> I get killed. Yeah. And, but, but I'm also not going to put on leather pants. So, you know, the <laughs> not everyone can pull it off. I'll be honest with you. It's, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need my legs to sweat that much. <laughs> oh, it's, especially lately. It's so I'm sweating right now and I'm on shorts and a, a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're an athletic guy. You, you, <laughs> you got good circulation. I mean, you know, it's getting a little older now, so sure. I stand every now and then. But I, uh, when I think, I think Rose battle, the way I see Rose battles, I, I see it as like a, a thinking man's sport. Uh, I, I can, I can, I can, I can make it a thinking man's game where I was like, okay, this is a game of like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's all, there's, it's got that hunger games element to it. It's got that, you know, world's most, you know, the most dangerous game kind of element to it. And there's that sort of gladiatorial thing. Oh. But, you know, I think the greatest gladiators are also some of the best chess players in the way that they, they know how to, you know, expect their opponent to make certain moves and they, and be ready to counter them whenever they, um, arrive. And I've, I've put my best foot forward with, you know, with each battle that I do. And, you know, sometimes it comes back to bite me and, you know, there's some people that are definitely way more into roasting and they're way better at roasting than I am. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I thought about at times, like, do I want to be like the best roaster and commit full throttle to this? And I realize I don't, um, I, lo- I like doing it once in a while. Uh, but I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be one of those guys that's doing it like, you know, 20 times. I think I've done it maybe nine. It's a lot though. I mean. It's a lot more, but I, I started a lot earlier in it than a lot of other people did. I think I w- by the time I did my first one, it was like less than a year in. It was when the the battles were st- were starting to become popular though. Right. And so I went up against Madonia and it was just uh you got to really feel that like that bloodthirsty crowd, the beginnings of that bloodthirsty crowd. I mean, it's like the energy in that room some nights is I've never been a part of a show where that yes they want a good battle, mm-hmm. but they also don't necessarily mind if someone starts bombing because then it's it opens up the floodgates for them. Oh yeah, you, you, that person just becomes the whipping boy. Yeah, for the judges, for me. Oh uh, yeah, you, you know, for the wave, uh, the crowd gets you know, uh, you know, like the two weeks ago, me and Gary Cannon were judging, and uh, I love Gary Cannon. Like, oh yeah, to me, he's he's made for judging roast battle. Yeah, there's some people who are made for it. I think the Sklars are also made. For oh it. yeah, I think the Sklars are the best because they appreciate how hard it is to to roast which it is very very hard if you put in the time and effort it's not just george perez is probably the only guy who could just go up there cold and roast anybody i uh, yeah i don't i don't know how people do it like that well some people have tried and I, yeah I, I, yeah i've seen people try and it's just like you didn't write anything you knew about this for weeks you you had time to, to prepare things you're just going to i don't as much as people think they can wing it, it's like 
even if you're an improviser, I feel like you, you got to at least know what you might go into or at least prepare mentally to have like an open mind and an open heart. Like you, you, you got to do no preparation. That's I mean, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that blows my mind. Even George now, uh, his last couple battles, I think were against the uh, Saratiana who's like amazing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, get who his last battle was uh we had uh dave Chappelle wanted us to open for him at some wild nightclub and mm-hmm. you can tell george had prepared mm-hmm. so even george is now going uh yeah i think he he, he recognizes the stakes the show's too evolved now because mm-hmm. uh, now there's like agents and managers there every week and yeah comedy central people it's like it's a good showcase to yeah show what you have uh i mean you could i guess it's not stand up but like mm-hmm. I think a, a TV executive could see you and go, oh, this guy's really smart, cerebral. Sure. I wonder what a stand-up is like. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I think I I probably should, you know, I, I should consider scheduling another battle at some point. I just, I've been so busy, like, traveling and stuff that I need, like, a, at least a couple weeks to put okay. those together. And I, if I'm on the road, it's just, it's too many things to think about to also be prepping for a battle. I know some people who prep like two battles at a time. And I was like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. It's tough. It, 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 it fully encompasses me to write uh, that two weeks is all geared towards, uh, towards, you know, thinking about this other person and how I'm going to, how I'm going to destroy them. <laughs> that's so yeah i mean it's it's how it's kill or be killed and like yeah i mean i i i think of it you know the same way like napoleon would prepare for <laughs> for battle it's like you know here's how i'm gonna flank him and here's how i'm gonna you know corner him and do him in that's what i do love about the show is the strategy about it like almost. I've, I've heard you talk strategy with a couple other people i think i listened to a little bit to the pat barker episode and oh, to the, the one with leah kajanian it's Liz. uh she's she's almost like you in the sense that like she's so like nice and normal it's Mm -hmm. like how i i don't know how i would approach battling either one of you yeah i mean it's i think there i think there's some people who just like are pretty are are normal and nice and i I think i fall fall into this i don't know if leah does but i i just i think it's really fun to be mean to people if everyone's in on it yeah, or sometimes if they're not in on it, it can really get the room going. Yeah, sure. Um, but like, I think I think roasting is is like a mark of good friendship. It should be. I mean, I'll only roast people that uh, I like as uh, not just as a comic, but as a human. Sure. Uh, if you're gonna give me shit, you know. Uh, yeah. I better like you. Yeah, and I, I try to go more t- with people I know pretty well. But, you know, there's a lot of people in the roast world who I, I know in this sort of a qu- comedy acquaintance right. level. And those the ones where I've gone up against people who I'm like more acquaintance, acquaintances with are the ones where I've usually um, not done quite as well. Because it's like, you don't. I think when you don't know someone that well and uh, like when I went up against Tom Ballard, who I love, uh, he's really funny Australian <laughs> gay comic. Do you get to know him up in Montreal a little bit? He's awesome good like, good uh, and jimmy carr is amazing i'm uh, sure yeah as a per like he like he's so nice to me after our battle and yeah uh, k trevor who's yeah a canadian legend uh k trevor wilson uh i think you you bonded all the 16 battlers maybe except for ralphie uh <laughs> and i love ralphie may just a minute but you know he's a he's on a different level well i think uh 
you know, and it goes back to the writing and the strategy. Uh, I, I'm not sure what he was thinking. I, I think he thought maybe uh, Mike Lawrence would just hit him with like stereotypical fat jokes like you know you're so fat ralph yeah. and you sit around the house right, right. Sit around it yeah <laughs> and uh, mike lawrence uh you know emmy nominated writer yeah you know he's a lot like you like the very uh thinking man's viciousness i i yeah i mean i would love to you know take like a walking tour of his brain just to see where everything's <laughs> placed I, it's uh he's a he's a he's a very smart dude and he um he's a his turnover for jokes is just is incredible. Yeah, I mean, like when uh, we did the Facebook Live thing for the Rob Lowe roast, they're like, "Hey, why don't you guys roast each other at the end?" I'm like, "Is there going to be a crowd?" And they're like, "No, it's just going to be three camera guys and you two. And it was like, you know, it was really tough to roast him. <laughs> it's just... I was like, hey, what? So there's not going to be any reactions in the room? No, it's just going to be you guys. And uh, so I would just look at him, and if he laughed, I'm like, "All right, that's a good joke." And yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was pretty scary. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird when you're trying to do roast jokes and it's it's just falling on dead air. And <laughs> just looking at Mike Lawrence, going, "God, I hope he smiles." Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Huh? <laughs> uh, Steam coming out of your collar. Just, oh my <laughs> God. But the strategy is like my favorite part of the, you know, show. But it, it's like with like Tom and. You know, it, it was weird because I had some mean jokes that I was like, oh, geez, I don't really know him that well. I hope he doesn't take offense to this. I was like, you guys are all doing it for t on TV anyway. It's like, I think I think the TV element had to have changed it a little bit. But, but I would have felt that way. Like if I was back, like, I, you know, I think you and I could rip into each other. Sure, yeah, we've it, known it, each other for several I years. I wouldn't like, you know, I mean, my secrets are pretty out there anyway. Sure, sure. Uh, but I wouldn't take offense to anything you said. I mean, there may have been one or two battles I've had where I'm like, uh, you know, I'll have a super mean joke ready. Like yeah. I'm a reactive roaster. Like I know you are. It's 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 fun. It's funny to watch. But I mean, like I'll go on the energy of the other person. Like I think you and I would be fun. Like, yeah, it'd sure. Be, it'd be like I'm sure there'd be some mean jokes or whatever. Sure. But. But you're like a hockey goalie. You're just where like everyone's just like t taking shots and you're just like you're blocking them with your pads and the stick. And yeah. But if there's, you know, one, if the other person like uh, takes it to another level, I yeah. always want to have one joke that's all right. That's how you want to do this battle. <laughs> <laughs> that's know. how you want to play it. This is how we yeah. don't play it. <laughs> I mean, I had one for Keith Carey because, you know, Keith's a vicious battler. Like, yeah, yeah. He can. And he's very, very funny and, and very, very good at, you know, roasting. I mean, the mm -hmm. show was really made for someone like him. So yeah. when we battled, I'm like, I had one that crossed the line. Sure. But we were pretty cool with each other. So you didn't have to whip it out. But it was there. It was there. In it the was silent. in the chamber. And I would have felt awful telling this joke. But, oh, sure. Uh, you know, do you, when you battle someone, have like like different levels of, of jokes? Like here's the mean ones, the semi personal mm, I, I sort of vary it I, I mine's mostly by subject matter and I try not to just have too many of one type in the same round right I try to like spread it around so I mean if like you know with someone like I battled Keith as well and I was tr so I was trying to have like try not to have too many fat jokes in one round and too many like or if I did have a fat joke it also it had something else in it now, do you figure you don't want to do too many fat jokes because he's got to know they're coming or you just you wouldn't I do just, it anyway? I just don't I, don't I just don't like I don't like having a one dimensional battle. 
Right. I, I like having multiple. I like attacking from multiple angles. And the same same thing happened when I was like roasting Joe Dosh and like that. That was like I think my second battle. Yeah, Joe's an animal. Yeah, and it but and it was I think it was before the whole like ranking system even came out. It was just like, and I you know I think people considered like me beating him like uh, like an upset or whatever. And I think it was a great battle, and I think it was just just the way it played out you know it's 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 like any it's like any sports match it's like who shows up like right. who, who and who wants it the most that day and i'm not saying joe didn't want it i'm just saying just the way it played out it's you know it's who sh- who should up well, he's like a moment. gay version of you like <laughs> very smart very like uh, <laughs> that's, that's, normal like, yeah you know although he does and i've brought it up a few times he does gay it up when he bat i don't know sure why not you know like he'll hold his elbow and like yeah to kind of tilt his head like yeah come on big boy yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah he could be i mean i i i've the way people have joked made jokes about me i've been told i'm a gay version of me so (laughs) i i don't know you know (laughs) who's gonna who's gonna take the trophy home but but yeah it's like i try not to I don't know if I write as many jokes as some people do. I think I think some people write hundreds of jokes, and it's like that's that's great that they do, and that's great that you do. But well, they're mostly bad. Sure, they might be. I mean, I no, they are. They're not might be. But I think they. I mean, I think my, I'll probably end up writing like as many as fifty, and then I try and pick if I'm doing a. I did, I've done a lot of main events, so I, like I got to pick like the best fifteen. That's tough. You know, to do a main, I mean, to do one round, one round, it's like, all right, I can, you know, I can, I can, I can call together five jokes. That's three jokes. Or I think at the time, uh, like when you battled Joe, it was four or five, but now it's three. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Main events, you know, for a while it used to be like, (laughs) like 50, like you'd have, you'd you'd end up using like 13 or 14 or 15 jokes. And I was like that, that's why it's so all encompassing. And I'm just, I don't. I don't know if I want to be labeled as a roast comic. If, if for some reason I got the chance to do like the TV show, like you got to, and some other people got to, that'd be amazing. And I, and I'd put my best foot forward and I'd, I'd really put in the work for it. Um, and I, I, I think I would like to do more roast battles down the line. Um, it's just, I want to make sure that if I do do it, I'm, I'm giving it the time and the respect that the show deserves and that the crowd deserves. Oh yeah. And that my opponent deserves. Yeah, because it's that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize about the show is if like if you have one person who puts all in effort in and then the other person doesn't, it's like, well, what the fuck, dude? I wasted two weeks or more. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasted a month trying to you know get ready for this, and you didn't show up. And then you look bad too because it's like they don't give you anything to play off of, so the crowd thinks you suck too, and it's like, oh man, come on. Yeah, it happened. That happened a little bit when I went up against Trey, but Trey and I are good friends and, you know, I don't think he took it too hard. And if he did, then, you know, so be it. But the, uh, but like he was, he was having some serious trouble during our battle and I, and I, that's a nice way of saying he was bombing and I love Trey. Yeah. And I, but I, but and I, I had, I think some of those jokes that I wrote from are like some of the ones I'm like the proudest of, uh, just like, I mean, I'm sure you've had a couple jokes where you like you make the room shake a little bit. It feels like it feels like an earthquake hit like that's like I I know with my stand up. That's not the reaction I'm getting. I'll get I'll get laughs. I'm not getting room shaking (laughs) because that's 
this is not the type of stand-up that I'm doing just yet. Right. But you know, when, when you get that, that joke that really just like, it's the best word economy and you're just, you, it's the right amount of wordplay and vitriol. It's, it's the best. Oh, it's a sexual feeling. <laughs> yeah. And I really mean that. Like I always used to say that about a good golf shot. Have you sure. ever played golf? No, my grandpa played golf and he loved it. And that, that love did not translate to my dad. And so I don't really think it got, and I, and he died when I was like 10. So I don't think it really ever got passed on to me. I mean, a good golf shot. It's like coming. I mean, it's weird <laughs> to say that. Like, it's like, come on. Oh, I can see that. I can How, see that. Like, it can't be that. It, it's just the feeling of the club hitting the grass at the perfect spot. Yeah. And you hit the ball just the right way. It's, it sails through the air. Yeah. And, and, or it goes down just the green. It's just like, it's an unbelievable, and to do a roast joke, well, any joke really, whether it's stand-up or roast battle, but especially in the belly room, when a joke pops in that room, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like the the weirdest of all emotions. It's like you killing it at my expense, so you see like the happiness of you. Yeah, and you, you, get, to, you, get, to see, yeah, you get to see the, the wave of shame just roll over someone. <laughs> yeah, just, it, which, now do you think, to me a good uh, roast joke has to be a little bit personal. Yeah. It has I, to hurt your soul. Yeah, it, it, I, think, I think the best roast jokes are they touch a, a part of you that is rarely touched. It's like it's like it's like you've molested that person with words. No, you're right. I mean, and uh, it's you're like it's like it's like you've gone you've gone creepy uncle on them, and you've just <laughs> like I mean I think what's it been the best? Uh, and I I don't want to steal uh, questions from uh, if you go on verbalviolence.tv, they always ask this question when they sure. do a roaster spotlight, but. I haven't done any any of that, so I I think you're good. But I I just want to give credit to oh yeah, yeah. Uh, where I'm kind of uh, mulling this uh, question from. But what's the best joke that's ever been told against you? Where you're like, man, that's a good joke. Uh, it was pr the one I I I'm gonna be honest. The uh, there's a lot of jokes that have been told against me that are great that I probably don't remember. And this is, and I'll tell you why I don't remember them. It's because I get this weird, crazy, like murderous game face. You do on me when I'm, when I do, when I battle. And if anyone's seen me on Periscope, I'm sorry if I looked like I was going to hurt you or your family, <laughs> but the, but the, I just, I, I, all the, the noise in the room, it comes off as like white noise, right? I'm not really hearing it. I'm just, I'm waiting for them to finish and waiting for the crowd reaction to die down so I can deliver my jokes. And so I really hunker down, uh, mentally when I, and psychologically when I'm in it and I, my eyes get a little wider and I, I don't know how to quite relax in that room. I, I, I wish I did. I wish I could be like, Oh, this is happy go lucky fun time, but it's not, it's, uh, it's war. It really is. And, uh, so when I'm, the one that I do remember that was pretty great was uh, one that Omid did. Omid saying he he said, uh, "Stewart's so plain, he flew into the second tower on 9-11. <laughs> I may I may be paraphrasing, but that right. <laughs> it was just like it was like it, it was it was the last place I was expecting him to go with. He's so plain, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's so silly, yeah." Uh, yeah, there's just, that's, 
What, what was the what was the best one against you? Do you remember? I gotta say Olivia when uh, we battled at Riot LA, and uh, you know I was prepared for any level of meanness, you know, uh, to go on between us. And uh, she was uh, Earl's a really funny comic, but the only time he truly kills is when he cracks a walnut with his forehead. It's just, <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's like such a. I'm sure everyone in that room is imagining me just headbutting a, a wall yeah doing the belushi thing where you yeah. just <laughs> pound it against your forehead and she's you know so likable up there and telling the most vicious jokes uh, mm -hmm. so uh yeah but there's been a lot of great jokes told about me what do you think your favorite one is that you've like told against someone else uh was well i mean there was one in montreal that uh bombed that i would do uh you would do over? I mean, I hate when people say, would you do it? Uh, you don't think it got the love it deserved? Yeah, and I, I just, it was against Jimmy Carr because I knew he would have a, a joke about my family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Jimmy in uh, real life, and this is what goes back to, uh, if I say this joke, is he going to be cool with this? Because I really respect him. Uh, mm -hmm. He has a restraining order against his dad. Oh, you I know, see. They have a situation and... Uh, you know, he he had a Kennedy joke, so I was like, "Well, Jimmy, uh, you look in great shape. I guess running from your dad all these years has paid off." <laughs> and got nothing. Oh uh, yeah, because like, people were just not familiar with. I didn't set it up by saying. Uh, I, I in hindsight, I should have said, "Well, Jimmy, you've got a restraining order against your dad," and then said, "Yeah, the yeah, joke. sure." And literally on the TV taping, the room went silent. Yeah, can we get room tone right now? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Laugh like I was just saying fuck immediately after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least you were in the moment about it. Yeah. I mean, I but I would do that joke if I was roasting him uh, tomorrow. I, I would like. Sure. I like that joke so much. Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, I, I would say the the best joke I've ever told against anyone would be against Olivia when uh, she hit me with that walnut joke and it killed. I'm like, oh, fuck! Yeah. I got to go to my closer now and. Uh, <laughs> I said and double uh, back. Yeah, I was like, uh, Olivia, your breath is so bad. Your teeth smell like you're brushing with your pussy. <laughs> and it's such a stupid joke. Uh, it's like the visual, of, you know. <laughs> yeah, just curling up. <laughs> yeah, going, you know. And uh, so, you know, that was that. So oh, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's amazing to see where the shows come from because I remember it was just like a. It's just an open mic in the belly room. Yeah, I mean, Stephanie Simbari had a, uh, and I love Stephanie, you know, she's cool, but she had a uh, open mic that maybe wasn't the, um, it's not really her fault, but it wasn't the highest quality mic. Yeah, it was just a place to, you know, get the words together. Yeah, I mean, it was at, at that time a Tuesday night open mic, you know, at midnight or whatever it was, right. was just, uh, in her uh, defense, it was just, you know, you could only do so much with, people who were going up there to do comedy right 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 and then i i think moses somehow took it over and uh yeah. i mean listen my first battle was against boone so <laughs> i forgot about that i mean i count it still as a win because i'm telling you right now he would beat some of the people in the in the lower half of the rankings well yeah it's just like some you know most of us don't know how to fight crazy. <laughs> well, he would just hit me with the same line. Who does your hair? And I'm like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, like, what yeah. do you say to that? Five times. I, it, it's always fun to ask Boone the questions like, it's like, where do you, where do you get your clothes? The store. 
Yeah. It's like, what are you eating? Food. <laughs> Where do you live? Home. It's like he just he he he's just he's got those built-in defense mechanisms and yeah. So he's not. Uh, you know, a lot of people tell me, well, you shouldn't really count that as a win. I'm like, bullshit. Like, yeah, you, you weren't up there. I was. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people come up to me. Well, you know, Jimmy Carr beat you. I'm like. I tell you what, you battle Jimmy Carr. You mm-hmm. let him read three or four jokes to your one off of the clipboard, and you see how you'd feel about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's such a it's a crazy. Um, it's just it's it it boggles my mind how it's you know just risen to popularity, and I think it's just, it, a lot of it's I think good timing. You know, it's like just people knowing where you know people knowing what they wanted and. Uh, people want it. Like the crowd was like, I think there was a crowd that was just like ready to enjoy that kind of comedy. I think, you know, to just come, it, it's almost like it was there to combat the, you know, what society was putting out there was like, you have to be super PC and you got to be super conscientious of people. I think that and like the Twitter handle for Los Feliz daycare center. I don't know if you've seen that Twitter handle, but, um, for anyone who hasn't, Look it up. I I don't. I'm not. I'm just being nice and endorsing it. It's it's just it it satirizes everything that you know is so LAPC about you know all these weird names of, for kids and it's you know just how this you know daycare exists. I I don't, I don't really know how better to describe it. So you, you just that and roast battle I think are great um, counterparts to uh, the culture we live in. Well, I just love how it's brought all different kinds of comics together. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are probably stylistically different, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you're definitely much more smarter than I am on stage. But it's true, though. I mean, I'm talking about fucking the drummer from Whitesnake. Uh, you're- but you you also have this encyclopedic knowledge of a, a time that I just have no familiarity with. I mean, Believe me, you're better off. Uh, <laughs> no one should. Uh, I mean, I did a joke last night about fucking Night Ranger. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just obsessed with that era. So, uh, uh, but it's brought like people like you and I together. Who, yeah. Uh, it's brought people, you know, uh, you know, George Perez and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, sure. The Olivia's Toby, of the world, uh, and, and yeah. the Toby Marshanas of the world, and the the Pat Barkers and Keith Carey's. Yeah, it's a it's created an unlikely cadre of of uh, comics that otherwise might not spend time together. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know Connor McSpadden's an awesome dude. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Omid is someone who I probably you know we never did really a lot of rooms together, and I like consider him one of my better friends now. And yeah, Doug Fager, and, and so it's it's. You wouldn't think a show that's so unpolitically correct would bring people together. But, sure. Uh, yeah. But I think it's it's almost like the um, I think it almost serves as like a paradise for comedians because, you know, sometimes we go do shows and the booker of the show will ask us, hey, could you not talk about this? Or like if you go to right. if you go to a college, they might ask you to not talk about certain things and they have every right to say that. But the fact that roast battle offers that option to you know leave all that leave all those um restrictions at the door leave all those self-conscious feelings um at home it's it's a it's like paradise for comedians when it's such a a group effort like Mm -hmm. you know there's so many a lot of people involved you know just you know adam 
and Eric Anderson, sure, you know, allowing us to, you know, three years ago, two, three years ago to, I'm sure they were pitched this show and like, ah, geez, I don't know about that, but they let us do it. And, you know, Moses, like, who's like a black version of you, like, he's so nice and like, <laughs> uh, you know, really just an amazing host, you know, to, uh, I really, you know, I sit at the haters table, I see him host and the, but to be a judge a couple of weeks ago and to see him like how he hands the ball off to everyone, it's, it's really kind of neat to watch. Yeah. He there's the mark of good hosting is to allow people to have their moments. You see it with, when you watch old clips of Johnny Carson, right? I think Conan's pretty good at it. I think Kimmel had, you know, has his moments. I think even, you know, Letterman was great at, you know, letting people have their time, their time to shine. And, I think Moses knows that he knows that he's the referee. He's going to get his time. He's going to get his jokes in, but it's about showcasing these people who want to battle. He doesn't, he doesn't hog the stage. He spends very little time on stage and he could like, you know, he totally know, could. Cause we know comics. We won't mention names. No, I mean, I, I, I've seen, I see hosts all the time and that's the only thing I ever really get offended by in comedy is bad hosting, bad hosting and bad writing. Cause it can, well, that we see a lot. Uh, yeah, and I, that I, I I temper, but like bad hosting is so fixable, it's so preventable. Right. You what know? do you think makes a bad host? Like, uh, I think making the show about you. Right. It's not your show. Your name's on it. And that's that's the ownership you have. But the sh like when i host potluck it's not my show it's everyone's show and i happen to be the one that's just steering the ship right i'm just trying to get us from point a to point b and i'll throw in i'll throw in a joke or two but i keep it moving well you have to like potluck is like i do have to but like i could all like there was a time on potluck when you know when tommy was talent coordinator that where he really stresses like make this your show and i was like yeah but it's not, and it's like, make sure do your time at the end is like, I'll, I'll do time in between. I'll do like a little bit of time in between, but that's not, that's all I need to do. Right. I'm, I'm just, it's kind of like having a good, a good house band. They're not the whole thing. They're just the glue. Right. They glue the show together because otherwise it's just a bunch of random comedians that are shouting at each other or, or shouting into the void. A host provides context and, uh, is the anchor of the show keeps the show from flying out into the stratosphere which it very could uh, especially at potluck because potluck roast battle any show like that i mean like potluck you, you know you've got the 15 first spots which are uh the open mic spots yeah. random draw open mic and mm -hmm. then you've got uh how many employees get up like about 30 maybe 40 i mean uh employees uh, like during during friends and family it ends up being somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40 so that's let's just say uh, 50 50 comics right there and then if yeah. you have time maybe dole out a favor or two to a friend oh yeah yeah you know like when i uh host i try and get on maybe a roast battle you know, like a Tom Goss or a, sure, you uh, do what you can. Dan Nolan or you know uh, Anna Valenzuela type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, you some nights, you know, if, like when I last hosted, Jim Jeffries came in, and obviously, you know, he's Jim Jeffries, mm -hmm. and he was very nice and did like close to twenty minutes. But that's six spots that just yeah. went right out the window. Done. Uh, and then people are still kind of sweating. You're like, hey man, uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, what? 
You yeah. gonna you, you want me to you want me to tell Jim Jeffries to get off early? Well, I'm gonna go. Hey, I gotta get this open mic up, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap hey. it up. Hey, hey, Jim, keep it tight, babe. Okay. Yeah, now, how do you handle it? Because I'm a little more bitter than you are at this point. So, like, I had someone come up to me uh, when Jim was on. I was like, "Hey, Adam told me to come by." And I'm like, "Dude, I know Adam. He didn't tell you to come by. I'll get to you if I can." But I was kind of, some. I was a dick for me. Yeah, I. How do you I mean, deal with the palming? <laughs> Have you had Funk Chow on this, by the way? Well, Funk Chow is another. Uh, he's a little more direct than you and I put together. I mean, he'll he'll basically be like, I, "Well, you're much better at impressions." But I mean, it, it's it's weird to be like a white dude doing an impression of someone who's like of a different ethnicity than you. But I mean, I, I think mine's okay. It's like, but you know, we'll get. I'll get to your question in just a second. But the uh, but with Chow, I mean, like he's really sort of. Um, he aggregated that 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 anti Palmer attitude, and it's like <laughs> just be like, "Hey, Adam didn't tell you nothing. Fuck you." <laughs> for those who don't know, Feng Chao is a Chinese guy who works at the comedy store, and uh, I, I think I'm borrowing this from someone, but somewhat we came to the conclusion that he's the Anthony Jessernick of comedy. <laughs> I mean, he really like uh, it takes a lot, as you know as I know, uh, to fit in at the store. And mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anyone be accepted so fast because he'll like say these things to he, people. He's, he's this weird character, man. But like he called Mark, uh, Marin once Marky Mark. And yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> it's like, what are you crazy? Well, I think he gets, he can, he's already angry and we get that cause he's from China. And I think if you're, from China and you don't necessarily want to be in China, I could understand why you'd be a little angry. And then he, but he also has, he uses that foreign card that allows him to people to like, give him a little bit of a pass. He's like, come on, man, he's foreign. He's like, right. It's it's almost like the Andy Kaufman foreign man thing where it's just like, yeah, that was really weird what he said, but we don't know where he's from. He's, he doesn't understand our ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love to get him in on roast battle just cause I think it could get pretty nasty pretty early. It could. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, and I feel like he'd be, he'd take a little bit after you and that, so he'd be very like, he'd really put on a show. But I think he would take it personally, like, oh, that's what you think about me? Well, fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be his rebuttal. Yeah, <laughs> which could work for, for him. I, I do knows. Yeah, I uh, that wouldn't work for many. But to answer your question about who, uh, when people come up to me, is like, I, I will, like the last time I hosted Potluck, I didn't, I didn't have any room to give anybody like and pull like really give any favors or give anybody a, like a chance that just came by that I could put up. I had to put up just employees and then the people that Adam specifically had come by and he ha sort of had a list of people and, and that's fine. It's if, the, it, you know, that's the way that potluck is going, then, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's going to be like that. And, you know, Adam's got to see a lot of people. I, I also had, I think Arsenio and David Spade pop in. Yeah, and like if they want to do a half hour, they're doing a half hour, and they're pretty cool. For, fortunately, Spade was cool. He was just working on roast jokes, and Arsenio, I think, knows to keep it pretty tight, which helps. There's just so uh, there's so many people that I want to put up, and so many fr you know friends of mine that I would like you know to to be performing at the store more often, and if I can, I will. And I what I what's helped me is I I I, I stay pretty like non-committal as far as people asking for spots i say like listen i will do my best 
but no promises. So if, if you can handle that, then you're, I appreciate that. No, I do this new thing on inappropriate or oh, yeah? like for a few minutes I go on Facebook live. Okay. Are you cool with that? Or yeah, no? I'll set up. No, 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 dude. I just, uh, we're not on right now. I can't let these people know I have a terrible posture. No, no. So I just, uh, you know, I'm trying to just promote this, uh, you know, as best I can. It'll give them a little teaser. So. Sure, sure. Uh, that's that's cool that people are, are tuning in. I, I dig right. it. All right. We, uh, yeah. Oh. Am, it, I, am I at a good angle? It would help if I uh, got the camera off me. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> now you know why I'm, uh, we're going to be like right there. The great yeah. Stuart Thompson in the house. Hi, everybody. Nice to see you. Inappropriate Thank, Earl. I'm thanks sh- for tuning in. I'm sure Kenny Lyon will be uh, the first guy in the chat. Oh, yeah? He, do, do the people ask questions on this? They can. The last time I did, well, the only other time I've done this, we had Joe Dosh, Stephen Randolph, and Feng Chow. And we were watching RuPaul's Drag Race for the very first time. Oh, well, really? He, uh, uh, Feng Chao was seeing it. For the first time. And uh, yeah, the greatest quote maybe ever on this show where uh, I'm like, well, what do you think of the show so far? And I'm going to tell you the line. You say it in his voice. He said, are these chicks with dicks? Are these chicks with dicks? And uh, that was, uh, you know, I'm like, I think I'm going to Facebook Live this from now on. <laughs> Just give you a little tip. Uh, now, for those of you on Facebook Live, uh, we have me and Stuart Thompson have been talking for about an hour. So uh, it's like a tra- just like a trailer of sorts. Yeah, yeah. We'll get, give, give people a taste. Why not give people a taste? Give right? a little tasty. Now, we've been talking <laughs> about Roast Battle, and we talked about the writing process of Roast Battle, you know. Sure. Uh, now, I found when I got back from Montreal, I had trouble for almost the next month writing a stand-up joke because I was just so in my head of looking at another person going, okay, what's physically wrong? Yeah, how it? can I take this person down? Uh, which is, you know, in my stand-up, I basically do that, but it's about myself. Like, got hey, it. I'm an idiot because I like kissing a rat, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. Do, do you find getting away from roast battle and back to stand-up talk, does roasting affect your stand-up writing after like i think i think roast battle has probably helped me with using fewer unnecessary words i think that i think that's helped i think roast battle has made me a little bit more has helped me with brevity but it's hard for me to think about roast jokes and my own stand-up uh concurrently i kind of have to think about one or the other because how do you, we've gone into how you write for someone else. You break them down. Sure, sure. Cerebral strategy. Yeah, I, I, if, I, if I know them, I, then I can, like, I can make fun of their like, choices they've made. Right, and how do you corner them? Oh, like, yeah. I love trying to corner someone. Like, I know probably the first Like thing. physically or, like, or with jokes? <laughs> On dates. I like, to, <laughs> I like to make sure I'm going to get it in if I'm taking them to Sushi On Sunset. A little plug there for Sushi On Sunset. Uh, but, uh, like, I know a joke's good if Stuart laughs. It's very much like Mike Lawrence. I it's, might... <laughs> well, it's just, like, it's so... Per- you're, what happens is, like, we're talking about something that's just, like, you know, just run of the mill, and then it get you just turn it so personal with just, like, a couple great references. It's just, uh, uh, I, I'm, I love a good reference. That is... Uh, I know some references are not in my wheelhouse, and, you know, I'm sorry, but, like, you know, I love those sort of, like, that Dennis Miller caliber or Earl Skakel level caliber uh reference it's it's it, it always tickles me well i loved i 
I love Dennis Miller when he first. Uh, now he seems a little bit kind of bit not bitter, but like, it's like dude. he's he, he's taken a turn, and that's uh, and that's something I've tried to grapple with. I, I'm. It's hard to it's hard to watch your heroes evolve, right? Uh, in, in a way that you don't necessarily agree with. I mean, I what I'm what I'm talking talking about. Yeah, there's the weekend update, Dennis Miller. There's the Dennis Miller live, Dennis Miller. That's all I've been watching that on you know, online a bunch and it's been so that's my favorite. It's, it's my favorite talk show. Well, like, yeah, like his first album, I I think it was called the white album. It was an all white cover and mm-hmm. he, he wasn't quite as bitter, I guess you'd say. So, yeah. uh, you know, you had these great wild references of, uh, you know, don't let Dan Quayle be the vice president. That's like letting Benzer drive the T bird. Yeah. And like, I immediately got that reference. Mm-hmm. It's the old Robert York show, Vegas. Mm-hmm. He had an assistant, Benzer. <laughs> the great character actor, Bart Braverman, who wasn't allowed to touch anything. And it was like yeah, such yeah. a great, like, you yeah. can see like Dan Quayle being told, just don't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's kind of like... Uh, Taking on this Fox News, which is fine if that's yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's become this sort of pundit, and it's it's very hard for me to handle that. But I try to just you know, it's almost like trying to like Bill Cosby in spite of his you know rape right. accusations. There's like, let me just try and enjoy the enjoy the Cosby I knew when he was before I knew what he was really capable of. I mean, yeah, it's like you know when I I was watching that show Lethal Weapon last night. It's a new mm-hmm. show. Yeah, so, Damon Wayans is on it, right? Yeah, and he's great. I mean, I, I'm not really a fan of, you know, the concept of, you know, Lethal Weapon, the TV show. Right, yeah, they, they keep rebooting stuff. It's, I mean, I, I, I kind of get it to a degree, but... Uh, it's, 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 the, it's that sort of like devil you know versus the devil you don't know. I mean, I get it. It's, it's a franchise, four films, all sure. hits. Sure. But, like, I have trouble watching the first Lethal Weapon uh knowing some of Mel Gibson's views on certain elements of society. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah. So when he has dialogue with Danny Glover, it's like, well, I know what you really think about Danny Glover. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. I wonder if those guys still talk. Uh well, oh boy, that'd be uh, awkward. If they did a Lethal Weapon five, that would be uh interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Lethal Weapon five, Mel just apologizes. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole movie. Sergeant Murtaugh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, it's hard to watch TV these days. Yeah. But, like, how do you write your stand-up? I mean, I try to just live a life worth talking about. That's 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 where I, I draw it from. Are you, you got some comments on the uh No, I'm just trying phone? to uh, shut off the... Uh, oh, we got many comments. Uh, Feng Chao, uh, Stu Boo. Hey, hey, Feng Chao. It's nice to see you. Nice. Uh, speak of the devil, as it were. <laughs> and, uh, let's see, I... Uh, Someone, uh, John is saying how, uh, what was he saying? How my podcast might be the whitest podcast ever right now with you and me on it. So. Yeah, that, yeah, well, uh, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you, John. <laughs> and, uh, Kyle saying Stuart puts the work in. So, oh, thanks, man. Thank you, Kyle. That's, uh, Kyle from the band, uh, Still Rebel with the, oh, cool, you know, uh, Max and Dylan, uh, Silverstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know Max very well. Um, nice to meet you, Kyle. It's not, uh, I think Dylan goes by different, they're brothers, but I think Dylan might go by different, uh, last name. But uh, Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, um, so you write your stand-up. Do you write, I guess my question in, in the worst way, but people know the guy asking the questions isn't the most eloquent. Uh, 
is your writing process different for your stand-up versus say roast battling i think that i think that it's still methodical and there's a lot of rewrites and there's a lot of like trying stuff out on stage i i, I sort of go back and forth on how much i want to work out roast jokes and outside of the roast battle environment but i do work out a lot of things on stage and i you gotta just try stuff you, you gotta just try stuff and be okay with it not going well and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it to air for the bigger shows. But, uh, a lot of the stuff that I've enjoy, I enjoy now is like character driven. So whenever I can include like a, a voice impression or a character, that's when I really start to have a lot more fun on stage. And especially for, as in the people on Facebook live can attest to this about, you know, how white I look and how white I sound and, uh, and act. Don't apologize for that. My friend, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, and I, I'm not, I'm not cause I can't change that. But like, I, uh, I also know that it's fun to watch someone like me be really silly and, and active on stage. So anytime I get, I can get into a character, that's when people can see, a more fun side of me. And I think that's when the crowd, I can really get the crowd going. So I'm trying to center more of my bits around the ability to use a voice. So if I can use a voice that's different from my own, that's when I really have the most fun. Well, that's what I love about watching you. It's like, you're a very serious guy on the surface anyway. Like, you know, when you're working at the store, you're very fucking busy. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in work mode. And, but, uh, so I think people enjoy seeing you have fun. Yeah. And I'm, and I know I, a lot of people I, I know are people I see generally when I'm working at the store and, um, I look forward to the, the day when I can just, you know, be at the days when I can be at the store more often and not have to be working or like on the clock right, as right. it were. And I can just, um, you know, be silly and fun. Cause I, I, I enjoy that way more. It's just, I take, I take pride in my work, even if it's a menial job sometimes. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to, you know, still, you know, take pride in whatever you're doing. Right. Well, yeah. And it shows, you know, uh, there's been a lot of, I don't think people realize the history of being a door guy at the comedy store, like Mark Marin, Yeah. Louie. Uh, what I understand was a door guy at some point. That's Lu what I've been told. CK? Uh, well, I'm assuming it wasn't Louie Anderson. Lu no, I think Louie Anderson was. I think oh. He, I mean, there's a pic, there's pictures of him. Uh, for, from the Comedy Store 15 year anniversary, he was wearing a door guy shirt. So I think he might have been a door guy for a time. So, I mean, I, I think people, uh, you know, and, and I think Steven is easy was a door guy. Yeah, Bobby Lee. Uh, I think I heard even Andy Garcia, the actor, was uh, really? a door guy briefly. Yeah. So the history of being a door guy at the store, it's like it's it can be a stepping stone. Uh, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to treat it as. I mean, I do I do enjoy that I get to work there, but I've been I've been there a long time, and I I'm, so I'm starting to think about what's what's next, and uh, how to um, how to make that a reality. Which is, was my next question. Uh, you know, it's you know, like we talked about earlier, everyone is a different. I guess version of what making it is, you mm -hmm. know, to open micers, you know, being a store employee is making it to, you know, being a store employee, maybe someone who just got passed or whatever is making it to, yeah, to whoever just got passed, you know, David Spade is making it. And, and I'm sure even David Spade has, yeah, there's new, there's new normals every time yeah. you reach a new plateau. I mean, it, and yeah. And I, I'm very lucky that I've been able to, that my transition into living in LA was so smooth with getting a job at the store so quickly. And, 
uh, I'm very lucky that it worked out and I'm, but you know, now it's, you know, that's been my normal for a while. And so now it's time to think about what's next. And I would, I would love, I'd love to get past. And, uh, but fortunately I've been able to start doing more road work and the store has been very flexible with me about that, letting me, you know, making it okay for me to go out on the road and start becoming a more working comedian. That's, that's been great right? to see, you know, go see the country and see if the stuff I'm working on works elsewhere. And a lot of it has, and I've been able to learn more about how to, um, how to be, how to be a, you know, a, a, tra- a traveling comedian and how to be a person and how to be more empathetic towards other, you know, other people's, um, situations, you know, cause the rest of the country is, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the same as California, but it's really not that different. You know, the people, right. the people are no different. They're, they want the same things as us. Everyone, everyone in, in America and even in most of Canada, a lot of us want the same things. We just, we go about it a little differently because of the resources we have. Yeah. So, so it, it's cool to know that this country is really that connected, not as fragmented as, um, the people who read us, our news might have us believe. Right. Well, I mean, I have to watch CNN Fox and MSNBC and just to get the full picture. Yeah. I mean, if you watch one over the other, you'd be a complete maniac. I mean, I'll watch Fox news, just see what's, you know, the wackiness that's going on over there. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to watch the circus once in a while. And I think other, and there's plenty of other stations that you were, it feels like a circus and sometimes they, and a lot of them have, you know, there's legit journalists all over. It's, you just got to find them. Well, I just love watching C- CNN. I think has the best panelists. Like they get one fervent Trump supporter, usually that blonde girl, uh-huh. who just I don't know, how, I don't know how Which Trump is. Megan Megan Kelly or no no uh, on CNN, uh, she's like uh, she's not an anchor on the network, but she's like the, their go to uh, conservative correspondent. Uh, yeah, Trump uh, supporter. Oh, so, I see. Uh, I, I may have seen her on like Bill Maher or something. Yeah, no, I'm sure she's been on Bill Maher and like. You know, Trump will say like the wackiest things about women and this girl will. She'll defend him. Yeah. It's like crazy. Wow. And uh, it's just funny to watch. And then he'll say something about, uh, you know, that one press conference where he pointed at the black guys. Like they're my people. Like it was pretty dismissive. Yeah. And, and CNN somehow found a black guy who was a Trump supporter. It's like, I, oh, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Dude, I'm so excited for when we finally realize that Trump has been Andy Kaufman the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's uh, Monday. It's going to be the greatest debate. I mean, that's going to be so insane, right? It's going to be like watching two people argue on YouTube. It's like, well, it'd be like someone who's on YouTube argue with a commenter on YouTube. Yeah, which, uh, you know, YouTube comments are just, uh, you know, they're frightening. Like, you know, I looked up some of my roast battle. Uh, you know, I just, I'm going to see what people thought of me on roast battle. Uh, oh, it was fucking why, why go down that rabbit hole? That's like, I just wanted to. It's curiosity. You know, and then I, the, what's even worse than YouTube is Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. I mean, like, I'm not on Reddit a whole lot, and I, I know I know it's a great resource for a lot of people, but it's uh that that's something that I I just I can't deal with. I, I just I just don't want to like. I'll do. I mean, if if I ever you get to do like an ask me anything or whatever, then maybe that'll be fine. But it, just to open yourself up to all that hate and all that um all that you know deep seated sadness is. It's it, that's it's the same reason why I don't go to like horror movies. I just I I can't I don't want to be I don't want to be tense and neurotic, right? And just bummed out. 
That's why I feel like YouTube commenters and Reddit commenters. Well, they're animals. <laughs> yeah, they make they. Yeah, and and I and I understand they don't want to make pe- they want people to feel good, you know shitty and they want to ma- bring them down and. They I, did. They did me. That's why. I yeah. Couldn't, uh, because I mean, we're comics. Yeah. We, Do you learn anything about yourself or learn anything about who they uh, were or how, one how guy, you've seen? Well, one guy in the UK. Uh, wants me dead i learned that uh do these people ever live list reasons or just like you should be dead no no, you suck you know kill yourself yeah uh i watched your stand-up you suck uh oh but but you know like we're performers like you know gene simmons from kiss said you know he doesn't listen to the critics and I guarantee you, anyone who says they don't listen to the critics is the first person to listen to. Like, I yeah, bet. I like how he calls them critics, like they're getting paid to do what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guarantee you, the first Kiss album or the next Kiss album they make, he's reading the newspaper. What do people say about it? You know, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't. I I did like a Facebook Live thing for Funny or Die when they were doing that um, that congressional sit-in, right? Uh, and some people wanted their comments read to them while they were on stage. And I was like, I don't want any of that. What are you, what are you nuts? I'm ha- I'm having a good time right now. Right. I mean, I used to be like that though. Where like, I, you know, I'm doing comedy cause I want people to think I'm funny. So I'll go on YouTube and Reddit, see if they think I'm funny. And then I'm like, Oh boy. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the last place to find them. I'm good. Yeah. I think I'll just go off the live reaction. Yeah. I think those, I think the people who really like you will find you. But yeah, they'll they'll reach out to you personally, or they'll they'll like your stuff, or they'll follow you on Twitter or Instagram, and I think that's how you find your people. And that's good enough for me now. Yeah. You know, or they'll come see you at your show if they know you're traveling and, and you're going to be in their city. Then yeah, they'll come see you then. I've gotten a lot of love, uh, but you know, not so much on YouTube and Reddit. But. <laughs> yeah. So back to you. What is, this is, uh, you know, I could go on forever talking to you. Yeah, thanks, uh, man. This has been I, really fun so far. Oh, it's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, but we're at that point where I'm like, well, I want people to want them to come back. Sure, sure. What is next for you? Like, uh, in the grand scheme of things, in a year from now, yeah. where would you... Uh, and I know it's tough to ask you that. Cause. Yeah, I mean, I, I like... I mean, there's certain things that I like that are more immediate. Like, I'd like to start performing at colleges a little bit more because I feel like there is... I don't know. I think there's people that I, I I'd still be able to connect. I'm not that far removed from college. I'd love to start performing at colleges. I want to go on the road more. I've been lucky to get to open up for some, um, friends of ours and, uh, you know, comics who I've gotten to know way better and that's been really fun. And so I'd like to do more of that. I'd like to just, you know, be a working comedian. That's, I think that's, I want, I want to just, you know, I'd like to live as a comedian and I'd like to be a paid regular at the store and you will be man. Yeah. And I, but I'm trying not to, put all my eggs in that basket because i know it'll happen when it happens and and when it is when it does it'll be it'll be well earned oh absolutely your effort like you know so you know that will never be in question and thanks uh, man but you're smart to put all like for a little bit i probably put too many of my eggs in the comedy store basket mm-hmm. like, you know before i got past uh which yeah. is probably an error in hindsight yeah, but I mean, why why live with regrets? You know, you just you you live you whatever choice you end up making, I think any choice any anyone makes is it ends up being the right choice. There may be repercussions that are not so great, but you as long as you can live with those and I think I think things tend to work out. So that's why I'm not I'm not super worried. Right. Um 
I, I don't, I don't, I never like when people say like, oh, you got time to, for things to work out that I, that I don't, I'll, I'll say thanks, but like, I don't believe that right. at all. Like I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm 26 and I'm lucky that I'm where I'm at for my age, but I don't believe there's any time <laughs> left. Yeah. I, 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 I'm living my life. Like I'm going to die the same age as Mozart. Like I, I live like I got nine years left. See, I'm the opposite. I live my life. Like I'm going to live forever. I, I mean, I, I think the way medicine is working, we may live forever, but like I, but I'm, but like career wise, I'm just, I'm trying to get, you know, do whatever I can to put in the work now. Right. So, cause I, I know I might not have the same amount of energy to later. So hopefully, you know, there's, there's some option, some chances to get on TV and, uh, start, you know, traveling the country. And I think that's, that's what's really exciting. I, so hopefully if any of your listeners are out there and they, they want to, they know I'm going to be in their town. Um, I'd love to see you guys. So, um, I appreciate you guys listening. And where can, uh, people find you on Twitter, Instagram, Twitter and Instagram is at Stuart B Thompson. So S T U A R T B Thompson. Uh, and, uh, I'm on, I'm on Facebook too. And, um, I got a websites at uh, Stuart Thompson comedy.com. Okay, because I uh, when I looked up your name, I got I got on your Tumblr page. Yeah, I I should pro- I should either disable that or just like link it to the the website. I but yeah, it's StuartThompsonComedy.com. Okay, so guys, follow Stuart, man. He's just a good dude. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Well, but it's true though. You're a straight up, dude. Uh, and uh, you're gonna be a big one in this business. And I don't say that a <laughs> Thanks, lot. Man. Uh, but just niceness, hard work. Uh, you know, it pays off and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And I'd like, just so you people think I don't have white people on this podcast, um, I'd like to thank our newest sponsor of Inappropriate Earl. This is breaking news. Uh, Kamala, <laughs> the Ugandan giant. Um, <laughs> if you go on uh, kamalaspeaks.com, you can get your own copy of this book and he'll autograph it for you. Trust me, he's got the time. Uh, <laughs> and if you're wondering why this is just a um, a uh, an upper body, uh, uh, upper torso shot, uh, it's because he has no legs anymore. So um, <laughs> I'm surprised the WWE hasn't put him in a ladder match. It's a cold business. I, I can't think of another business that's worse than comedy other than pro wrestling with how yeah. some of the older guys are treated. But yeah. Uh, and uh, so, well, I've never done this before. I'm going to show you how I end the podcast. Here's a couple of my ball hockey trophies. You have quite an extension, extensive collection of trophies. And uh, a picture of me and the singer from Rat when I was a Billy Idol blonde. <laughs> so, uh, guys, this has been, and of course, the They Live mask that uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper gave me. Um, and <laughs> oh, so yeah, there's that. Here's the whole uh, system here, the inappropriate old system. Uh, so uh, and uh, here's the sponsors: BeverlyKills.com, ProStockHockey.com, Mike Knuckles, <laughs> uh, Stephen Piercy's company. By the way, September 30th at the Whiskey, Stephen Piercy. Me and Jason Galern will be there. Uh, but uh, follow Stuart. He's an awesome dude. One of my good buds in comedy. And uh, go on his website, check him out. And uh, thanks, man. Watch Potluck when he's hosting. To, yeah. To uh, Pollock's really cool to come down to Monday nights at seven. It, it's uh, it's an amazing uh, setup. You get to see some super super funny young and upcoming comics, and uh, to see a, a host do it, it, it's it's magic to see a good host work that room 
given you have to bring up 50 comics 50 intros and you know deal with all the bullshit and uh you guys know who this is inappropriate old soundcloud and itunes support the local arts 